1: God has conditions for His love for you and I, believer and unbeliever alike. What are those conditions? That's what we're looking at today, here on Truth For Today. We tend to think of God's love as unconditional, yet as we see in Scripture, there are conditions. just what they are and how they're applied is the subject of our time today on this weekend edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Greetings in Christ and welcome to our program. We would invite you to join us as we continue with our series called God is Love. And we're looking at His conditional love today. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church right here in Hercules.
2: If you can go back when you were first saved you can remember the the joy you couldn't get enough Uh, couldn't get enough church couldn't get enough of being around God's people rejoicing that you were saved Uh, marvelous marvelous Peter said is joy unspeakable and full of glory and we used to sing that all the time is joy unspeakable and full of glory full of glory now Jude is saying everything around you seems to be falling false teachers are abounding I am concerned for you beloved that you stay in love with Christ that you not fall away from that love and you, you know you can't keep the sun from shining but you can sure get an umbrella He tells Peter or tells Timothy stir up stir up the gift in you fan it into full flame He keeps saying will you be awake when I come will you be alert Or have you become bored with knowing God? Have you become ho-hum? Some of you are more like uh, you're inoculated, but you're not infectious. You can't really get the disease anymore because you've been inoculated with enough church and enough sermons that you don't have to worry. and, And you turn into being grumblers about the church because you have fallen out of love with the head of the church. There's a question God said to a man one time. It went this way. Backsliding, Peter, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah? Do you love me? Well, I think I do. Love my people. Take care of them. No, Lord, they're dirty. They can hurt you. They can disappoint you. And Jesus could say, and so have you done to me. Do you love me? I'd ask you if you love them. First, do you love me? Well, yeah, I think I do. Take care of my lambs. Ooh, Lord, they're a mess. Just like you, Peter. I want to ask you a third time. Do you love me? I'll leave the answer up to you, Lord. So he's saying, I will only do certain things. I made a list of what God said, 11 things that God said he would do for people who cooperate with him. He said, if you love me, if you fear me, if you'll be humble, if you'll seek me as refuge, if you'll hope in me, uh, if you'll wait on me, all these conditions. I'll hear you if you wait. I'll hear you if you cry. Why do churches die? Because the congregation dies. They quit asking God to do something. They quit believing God to do anything. They become negative. They become critics of their own fellowship. And they quit evangelizing. They quit sharing. And Jesus has ceased to be the greatest thing in their life. Churches all over this country are dying. And we're no better than them. God says you can't have blessing without cooperating. First of all, Are you building up yourselves in your most holy faith? He uses a plural there. I think we normally take that. I used to build up yourself. And and that's included, but it's it's a corporate word. Be building up the community of faith you're in by means of God's holy word. Uh, I said the faith has been once for all revealed in verse 3. Now I'm wanting you to take by means of that faith the word of God and be building up the body of Christ. Be building it up, edifying it, exhorting it. And I ask you, do you know how to build up other believers? Can you take the word of God And today, before anyone leaves here, that you've got a word from God that you could give to them. To encourage, to comfort, uh, to stimulate them in their growth. Uh, Some way, can you build up anybody with this book? Look look at Acts 20. When he's talking to the elders at Ephesus. Uh, This is kind of the life's verse of John MacArthur. And so I'm in good company. Uh, look, Look at this. Uh, in Acts, he says in, about, uh, in verse 32, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. God's word. Should we not be bleeding the word of God from us? Are you full of the Word of God? What are you doing to get full of memorizing it, meditating on it, reading it, uh, studying it? The Bible. I'm amazed at how many are still so illiterate about the Bible. Do you know the Bible? I mean, I I just got hungry to read the Old Testament again. I, I just finished Job. That's a rough go, by the way. I mean... You have a right to be depressed uh, it, it's heavy uh, and chronicles, but God talks to what do you know you know as much about this book as you made it an effort to know, and this will build you up as well as give you the instrumentality and the tool to build up the body and so many times we're always waiting for uh, a church leader to do it. He says this to the whole body. This is to all of us. Be building up the body by means of the Word of God. Two, I want you to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, before you guess at what that means, it starts with praying. Before you figure out what it means to pray in the Spirit, does that mean pray in tongues? Well, if that's the only way you prayed, it wouldn't bother God. I might bother your brother, don't tell him. 1 Corinthians 14, you know, uh, talks about they prayed in their spirit. That won't bother God. They at least showed up to pray. Are you even showing up to pray? When do you pray? And he said, a, a praying church is necessary to keep you in the love of God. If you're not praying, you're not in love with him. You know, um, I had a, uh, uh, a sad story. A, a beloved brother of mine, he, um, he, he, uh, his wife left him. And so I saw him one day, and I was trying to save the marriage. And uh, he says to me, uh, Pastor, what do you say? When your wife says this, I love you, I'm just not in love anymore. Wait, wait, let me get that again. I love you, but I'm no longer available to you. You better believe I'm not going to sleep with you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be with you. I'm moving out of the house, but I love you. I'm just not in love. Now, what does that mean? I love you, God. I just don't want to do what you say. I don't want to talk to you. Don't be offended. I just don't want to talk to you. I don't have anything to talk about. You mean you, you don't? You love me, but you're not in love with me. That's right. People in love with each other love to talk to each other. People in love with each other love to be with each other. People in love with each other share their lives with each other. People in love share resources together, share sorrows together, share joy together, share pain together. They share everything together. And God says, you ought to be praying in the spirit, which means you ought to be praying under the control of the spirit. And he won't pray nonsense. He won't pray anything contrary to the will of God. But you ought to be dependent and relying and praying. And sometimes our prayer times are as dry as dust. And you know they are. When in my early Christian life, I could barely get on my knees until I wept an hour. I, I, I learned to pray with my sister. She was a weeper. And we grew up as weeping people. We never, we never knew what a prayer meeting was unless you wiped your eyes. It was so full of emotion and expression and power. Wow, I miss it. I don't have it as much as I want it. But you just pour out your heart to God, and, and it's just like taking a bath, right? Like taking a bath. Then had, I, I, I shared with the church how that uh, studying the Bible would just dry you out. I'm not waiting for some protest out there. <laughs> Ain't none of you studied it more than me. No, yeah. Don't talk to Susan Fernandez. She's just a beginner. Now, I've been in this book since I was 15. I I was her college teacher when I was 22. I love this book. I've paid thousands of dollars in tuition to learn it. I bought thousands of dollars of books. Often it gets my wife's will. When I I never got paid uh, at the school sometimes, and when I'd get a set of books, I was going to seminary. uh, I had a trench coat that I, I would hide them like that because we didn't have enough money to do anything. But I'm sneaking books in. And, but in those days, our bookcase was in our bedroom. And she would just look up and say, that's a new book up there. I don't know how she did it. But she said, There's a new book up there. <laughs> well, how did you know that? Well, it was an eight-volume set. <laughs> like, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. But you know what? Some weeks I study. A lot of times I study 20 to 30 hours for a 40-minute sermon, and you hope I go 30. And I studied 20, 25 hours, the text. And guess what? Some Friday nights, I'm whooped. I'm whooped. I'm mentally wore out. I am dry. And because you study yourself dry, and you have to pray yourself on fire. If you've never been there, you don't know. I'm saying, God, I know this much. The wood is dry. I just need the fire. And the fire comes from praying. I remember and I admire that David Hurtado listened to me. I cry if any of the staff listened to me. And uh, when he first graduated from Talbot, he came back. He was hired on staff. I don't know, I just had this burden, and I called him in my office. I said, David, you're a wonderful young man, been in this church since he's 14, and precious, you know, kind of a, a boy who just grew up in this church and loved Ted Montoya, took him in like a son. Wonderful, wonderful. I said, David, I'm so proud of your education and everything. Okay, you're going to be starting on staff, yeah. I said, you know what, you're getting ready to fail big time because you think that degree is going to make you red hot. And you're going to be as dry and as dead as you could be. I said, we got a prayer room downstairs. And there's no other place, any job I know, that will pay you and give you time to pray an hour every day and be on the payroll. If you don't get acquainted with that prayer room, and if I never get to catch you on your knees, you're headed for failure. Because you're not going to last in the ministry. God's not impressed you got a degree. He's going to ask you what's your temperature, and you only get that in the prayer room. And you know why some of you are so dry? Even the Sunday school teachers, you're dry in your Christian life. You gave up praying. You don't have a prayer life. You found other. you got a text life. Maybe we get God on the internet. If we, if we just plug God in, maybe you'll talk to him. You, you know a bunch of trivia pursuit garbage, You're consumed. Boy, I'll tell you, my wife gets me if I'm reading the newspaper at breakfast. But I look over there, she'll be on the phone. (laughs) I said, well, what's the difference? I need to read the sports page to be up to date. And you're over there texting a bunch of nuns. Tell them to wait. How's your prayer life? Well, I, I don't have time for that. Because is it not amazing how many things rush your mind when you want to pray? Uh, I got a bill to pay. I got a letter I need to write. I got someone. I got a text. I, I, you know, I, Lord, I would, I would, but I, I just don't have the time. Well, you do too. You don't. You got time to do what you want to do. Pray in the Spirit. Does anybody catch you doing that? Don't always say Bible study. Don't tell me about Bible. Oh, you're anti-Bible. Oh, you'd have to be out of your head to say that. But I've come many a Saturday. I was so dry. I said, God, I know what the Greek says. I know what John MacArthur said. I know what this guy said. But you know what? I don't have the rust of your spirit working in me. I'm going to be as dry as dust tomorrow or as cranky as I can be unless you touch my spirit. I can't preach unless you do something inside of me. It ain't just information. No, no, I love what Spurgeon said. The written word he loved, but he was only saved through the preached word. God ordained that men preach and that they preach in the spirit and that their preaching is not in the vain wisdom of men, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. People with spirit-filled ministries pray. They pray, they pray, they pray. We don't need better sermons. We need better praying. Oh, I tell you, what, look, uh, I pray that God's working in our men and Father, Son, get away with all these men. I pray the Spirit of God's working up there. You must be praying. Are you just as dry as dry can be? You, no one's told you that because we're too nice in this church. But some of you can bore us to death with the Bible because you haven't prayed over it. You haven't prayed over the people. We can tell, sometimes people say, you know what, there's not, sometimes you preach, you act semi-angry. I said, well, I sure am. And sometimes you come to church and you act semi-angry. Got quiet now he's going to tell his life. Because unless I pray, unless I call on God, I can be as cranky as anybody else. But it's terrible to do it from the pulpit. I got to pray to get my heart straightened. I got to pray until God makes me love you like I ought to love you. And I can't get it just by study. I got to get it by study and prayer. Build yourselves up in the word and pray in the spirit. And thirdly, what does he say? Be waiting and longing for the mercy of our Lord. A phrase that refers to his second coming. That when he comes again, it will be a merciful coming. It will be a merciful coming, which means when you see Jesus, he's not going to bring up your faults. By the time you see him, everything will have been settled. There'll be no charges against you. He's going to evaluate your life's work, but that will not be to condemnation. Just he'll say, that's worthless, that's valuable, and he's going to make the appraisal. And so how much of your life has worth in his sight? was worthy of him, so to be an appearing in mercy. Then he gives the fourth thing. He says, probably, they're seeing in the church people being picked off by these false teachers, and they're in three different categories. He says, I want you to learn to show mercy to people being ensnared, misled, and confused By the false teachers that have invaded the church. This is what I want you to do. Notice what he says. And have mercy on those who doubt. And this literally means they're questioning. They they don't know if Christ is truly deity. They they may not be be sure about the Bible. They may not be sure about... uh, ethical, moral issues. Yeah, whatever. Because these false teachers said it doesn't matter what you do sexually. They taught lasciviousness. Live, live with anyone, do anyone. Uh, and they did not, Jesus is a good teacher, but he's not God. All that. And uh, he said, they're doubting I want you to show mercy on me. Isn't that interesting? I'm afraid sometimes we're not merciful to people who have false views. Did you know we were all wrong at one time? And uh, this is going to be meddlesome to you. Should we be hateful to a Jehovah's Witness? Is that our assignment? Throw them off your porch. It's false. Or should we be kind at the door? Yes. Don't let them in. I did. <laughs> Two women. They acted really nice. And they kept knocking on my door. Finally, I let them in. I got my Greek testament. And I said, tell me what John 1 says. Go. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, we can't read Greek. Well, I can't. You tell me what the Greek says. Let me tell you what it says. Are you ready? Hang ton logos esten arke. In the beginning arke, the logos was being, that's an imperfect tense, he was being the word of God. See that? They never came back. I got him a cup of tea. I was as sweet as, because God made me see who's going to lead them to the Lord. Now, if you're a new believer, please don't have a man for and don't try to get in an argument. But I figured I could handle it. And I wanted to show mercy. I believe God could save a Jehovah's Witness. I believe God could save a Mormon. I believe God could save you. I'm not commanded to be hateful. Some of you didn't need God's help to be hateful. You were born that way. Uh, you get a Jewish uh, person. Let's be, you know, those Jews are odd. Uh, you talk about being odd, you ought to be a Gentile. Remember, they started out with the truth. We were the ones that didn't have it. And God sent us a bunch of apostles that evangelized us. They happened to be Jewish apostles. Don't be arrogant. Don't be arrogant when one against the other. He goes on and he says, Save others by snatching them out of the fire. Wow, that's more intense, isn't it? And and the idea is there. I mean, it seems to be these people have been so misled that he views them in imminent danger. They're on the edge. uh, Well, he sees them in a burning house. I I mean, it's right there. In other words, get a sense of urgency in you when you're dealing. They desperately need mercy. Uh, They're on the brink of some fatal choices, uh, fatal thinking. And would you urgently try to help them? Would you urgently try to rescue them? Or would you say, well, they got hell coming. So did I. Because they're, they're, they're in the church, obviously. He's writing to them. And they're being influenced by these false teachers. So he says, boy, you keep in the love of God. You keep in the word. You keep it praying. Keep looking for His coming. And your attitude towards people in the meantime is a dispenser of mercy.
1: And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Dot org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11. And directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855 833 Ninety-eight sixty-four. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864. Or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.